It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder return to action tonight against the L.A. Clippers. What do the Thunder have to accomplish in the second half of this season? Plus, answering your mailbag questions. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and lead beat writer for InsideTheThunder.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmo.com. On today's show, brought to you by LinkedIn, we're diving into what the Thunder have to do in the second half of this season. An update from practice where we learned a lot about the new faces in town. Plus, previewing tonight's Clippers game, and answering your mailbag questions. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. To get your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. So it is time for the games to resume. Tonight, not only are the Thunder battling the Clippers and what is a matchup at the top of the Western Conference, but the NBA title belt is on the line. The Thunder hold the title belt right now, uh, and hopefully they'll retain it with another win. If not, it moves to the Clippers, and on down the line it goes. But you know, looking at the season, I know that it's not mathematically, you know, the first half and the second half. But you know, in practice, we view the season as pre All Star break and post All Star break, even though the forty one game mark happens uh, a couple weeks ago. There's only 28 games left, but that's still a quarter of the season uh, to go for the Thunder. And they have a lot of pieces that they're looking to work in and to uh, kind of gel with this current roster. And there's still a lot of questions to be answered. But I think that when you look at what happened yesterday at practice, Gordon Hayward and Bismack Biombo officially were announced as active for tonight's game against the Clippers. But you have to remember Gordon Hayward has not played in seven weeks. The last time Gordon Hayward was on a basketball court, Santa Claus was in town. So you're going to have to see how he works back onto the court, how he works into the rotation. I wouldn't overreact positively or negatively, but especially not negatively um, with Gordon Hayward to this point uh, because, again, he has not played in seven weeks. So, you know, if he's not playing 30 minutes tonight or 25 minutes tonight or something crazy like that, it's not going to be – truly indicative of of what his role looks like for the Thunder moving forward. It might not be truly indicative of what his role looks like moving forward. Now, maybe after seven weeks off, he can just hit the ground running and play massive minutes, but I would not um, head into this expecting that uh, because th th there's a real likelihood that you might need to see him uh, kind of get back on the, on the tricycle first before you take the tra training wheels off of him. 
Uh, for for Bismarck Biombo, it is fully out there that he is a situational player, and there's a lot of reasons for this. Number one, you want situational players in your roster. The, the bottom line is there is no roster in the history of basketball where all 18 guys are contributors and all 18 guys deserve permanent minutes. If there were, that'd be the best team of all time. And, and again, it would have never been done before. But what you want is have enough and have as many useful guys uh, that you can have. And Bismack Biombo for this team is more useful uh, than some other players who, who would sit there and gain no minutes because, you know, while he doesn't fit into your true identity, you know, to the point where you want to play him a ton, uh, he's a more traditional big man, but even though he's only six, you know, eight, he has a seven, six wingspan and, you know, 255 pounds. So like he's a traditional big man, but you want to have that advantage of when you play bigger teams, if they're just out muscling you and just tossing you around out there, instead of just having to throw your hands up and say, well, this game's over, the series is over, whatever, this stretch of these stretch of minutes are going to go fully to them. You at least now have an option and you want to give yourself as many options and out pitches as you can have. You don't want to just have to keep relying on your fastball to get you out of situations. Uh, but so, you know, that's where a situation comes in. A situation comes in with just, hey, here's five minutes right here to give the opposition a look that you typically cannot give them and, uh, you know, and, and provide some more size that the Thunder have not had to this point in the season. It also uh, can can allow you to uh, run more with Chet and J-Will together. Uh, th- that's been a really good duo for the Thunder. Uh, I'm not sure how much more that they want to explore that, but so far it's been a, a good opportunity for them. And now when, when you put those two guys together, of course it changes your depth because whenever you have them in together, they come out together and you're stuck with, limited uh, big man option. But now you, from that duo, you can go to Kenny Hustle and play small and really throw things out of whack. You can go to Bismack Biombo and play bigger and really throw things out of whack as well from what you traditionally do. Um, you just have the opportunity to do a lot more with your rotation. But night in and night out, he's not going to be a fixture of what you're doing. Where I think that Bismack Biombo can really help is off the court. And kind of Mark alluded to this stuff uh, after practice yesterday of how good of a competitor he is, uh, how how good of a guy he is to, uh, you know, have as an example, as a veteran for this team. And I look at Jay will you know, Jay will a six, nine guy who's, who's NBA future is at the center position. Bismack Biombo can kind of take him under his wing a little bit and, and maybe teach Jay will a few tricks of the trade to be, uh, you know, a smaller uh, sized five for Jay Will. Of course, he's not going to have the wingspan or the weight of Biombo, but um, just some tricks here and there with body positioning and leverage that, that Jay Will can really use uh, that can be directly tied back to Biombo. I hope that that kind of uh, is a relationship that that is good for the Thunder long term in this way. And so at the end of the day, you sign a guy for the remainder of the season, and if he can provide all those things we just we just mentioned, it's a home run signing for OKC. I think I think that Hayward. The messaging from him was was great about how he wants to help the team win. And now this team was was gelling way before he got here. And uh, the first thing that he dove into was the defense, uh, which is impressive because uh, you know this Thunder team plays a unique style of defense where they're switching a lot, and and, and the assignments can get complicated, uh, and the process of their rotations can get complicated. You've seen guys not pick it up very easily. 
in OKC. So the fact that he is just diving in fully to that side of the ball is uh, is very, very much, uh, you know, appreciated for, for what he's going to be asked to do. He also mentioned that he was wearing 33 in honor of his age and Larry Bird, which makes sense for a guy from Indiana. Uh, but I think that what Mark said kind of echoes what we discussed yesterday about how at All-Star Weekend, you know, Kaysen and SGA and these guys were talking about the jobs not finished. And so as they're as they're being heaped praise upon them uh, about what they've accomplished to this point, those two guys continue to deflect and say, you know, this is not this is not finished. Like this is not what we wanted to do. We didn't just come into the season wanting to be, you know, 37 and 17. You, know, you have much bigger goals than that. And so whenever Mark said after practice that, uh, you know, he, he asked a few times like, Hey, you guys ready to be done? Or do you want to go a little bit longer? And they just kept saying they wanted to practice more. And he said they would have practiced for three more hours if I let them, but eventually I just had to pull the plug on practice. That's another great thing that you would much, much, much rather have a team that is just chomping at the bit to go to work day in and day out. Uh, versus not. And I think that that just shows uh, why this team develops at such a quick rate. Uh, and then case in the day at shoot around said that, you know, this team is locked in. This team is fully, fully, fully locked in. And I think that that's going to be interesting to see how this Thunder team comes out uh, of, you know, of the all-star break because last year they came out of the break and lost five straight. Now, of course, SGA missed a lot of those games. So that's where uh, last year's data point is not going to be a, a good indication of what can happen this year because, you know, whenever you don't have a SGA, I don't care what part of the season it's in, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Uh, but Mark did say that they did a lot more rhythm stuff yesterday uh, because, you know, teams typically struggle with, with their rhythm and timing after a long delay like that. It kind of gets into the rest versus the rust uh, aspect of, of the sport. So I, I think that with this Thunder team, you've got to be very encouraged uh, with where they're at right now at the All-Star break. And I think that you – Look at them bringing in good veterans. You look at how they handle themselves at the top of, of the food chain, so to say, with SGA. And I don't really worry about any letdown or any um, you know second half uh, fall off for this team. I think that they truly are locked in, and um, and we'll see. I mean, they have a chance to really set a tone. You look at their first five games uh, out of the All Star break, and you know the majority of them come at home, and the majority of them are extremely winnable. Now today is an extremely, extremely tough test. Uh, this is going to be one of the most fun games on the docket, if not the most fun game on the docket for Oklahoma City, uh, You know, for the NBA, I should say, today in Oklahoma City with the Thunder and, and Clippers going at it. But you look at the next five. You have the Clippers tonight, tough game. A back-to-back, -back, but tomorrow the back-to-backs against Washington. You should beat Washington. Then you got two straight against Houston, and then you play San Antonio in San Antonio. So you know, realistically, as you hold a four-and-a-half game cushion, you know, as a top four seed in the West, you should be able to manage these first five games, set a tone and continue to grow that lead uh, and continue to remain in the driver's seat to host a first round playoff series. We're going to get into your questions about this Thunder team and discuss what needs to happen post all-star break for this Thunder team all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at LinkedIn. Check out LinkedIn today because they're great and you're going to want to check them out because if you are a small business owner, this is for you because LinkedIn understands that whenever you own a small business, you are wearing so many different hats and your, your time, your effort, your, your energy is all spread so thin and, and you're trying to plug holes and you're trying to do all these things. Uh, and in your role, anytime you can get more efficient, it's a great thing as a small business owner. Well, you can get way more efficient 
in your hiring process with LinkedIn Jobs. Go to LinkedIn Jobs that has the tools to help you uh, with the right professionals for your team and get them faster and for free. LinkedIn uh, isn't just another job board. LinkedIn is a vast network of more than a billion professionals who make sure uh, that, that this is the right place and the best place to get your hire. It gives you access to professionals you cannot find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So uh, easy and so easy, in fact, that you have 86% of small businesses getting a qualified candidate within 24 hours, within 24 hours of posting their job. LinkedIn knows, again, that with small businesses, you are just being asked to do a ton. And so you need uh, to, to have this resource to help you find uh, the, uh, qualified candidates to make the process easier. So go there right now. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process quicker in that way as well, which is why 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Go there right now. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. And whenever you do post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube, so you never miss an episode We'll be back tonight to recap this game against the Clippers. Uh, but also, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So go there right now. It's available on Amazon Fire TV. Uh, and it's on there right now with Locked On Sports Today on YouTube as well. Because uh, it's 24-hour coverage of the top stories in sports uh, with the local experts of Locked On. So check them out today and find Locked On Sports Today available for free on Fire TV channels app. Now, let's talk about your mailbag questions. This is going to be the second half of the season. Uh, again, not mathematically, but <laughs> in the way that we discuss uh, the season in general. So whenever you look at uh, this Thunder team, you kind of look and see what are the biggest concerns for this team. This was a great exercise from Stephen Jones on Twitter. And so he, he lists out three questions. What's the biggest concern for the team? What's the biggest question uh, for the team? And what's the most underrated thing about the team? And when you look at the Thunder and, and try to plug these answers in, the biggest concern uh, I think is a tie probably between rebounding and and uh, you know the, the lack of experience. Now it's interesting because the lack of experience thing 
the postseason is different. I do believe you have to go through the wars and go through uh, experiences and learn how to handle the playoffs and all that goes into it. Because it, if it, if nothing else, what does flip is for those seven games, all they're worried about is taking you away. All you're worried about is taking them away. Whereas in a game like today, you know, you're more focused internally than you are externally. So that does change. And that's something that the team has to get used to and the coaching staff has to get used to. Uh, but in general, I struggle to just think that April 1 comes around and this team just forgets how to play basketball. I think they're too well coached. I think they have too many good players and mature players. The rebounding aspect of it, yes, an issue in the raw rebounding number, but the Thunder have an ability to uh, turn that weakness into a strength because of how they want to play fast and because of how they want to press the issue. Now, in the postseason, as the game slows down and you, and you limit turnovers and you limit fast break chances, um, how much does that advantage swing back toward the team that can rebound? We've seen it go both ways. I mean, you look at the Mavericks Western Conference Finals run, they were not rebounding the ball particularly, particularly well at all in that in that run, and they still made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. So, like, we've seen it go both ways. Uh, I think that when you look at this team, though, rebounding slash size, inexperience, uh, and then a weakness that's been happening to this point that I think can, in the next 28 games, be erased is those scoring droughts. We talked about this with Gordon Hayward. Like, the addition of Gordon Hayward can allow you to um, not go on those five, six-minute messy offensive stretches. And if you clean that up as already a top-five offense, top-five defense, you really take yourself to the next level. But but let's stick with defense. I mean, sorry, let's stick with rebounding and age as a concern for this team. The biggest question for this team is really going to come down to how how do they handle their rotations in the postseason? How quick are they to react? Um, I think that you know Mark has been very quick to react in a good way of um, if something's not working, he's going to try to find a solution to the problem. Uh, but what does it look like in the postseason whenever, say, Josh Giddy is defended by a big man? Like, what does that look like for for this team? Uh, I I feel very confident in they'll they'll go and find the right pieces no matter what the no matter what the scenario is, no matter no matter what they need to adjust. Um, but but the biggest question for this team is going to be what does this look like in the postseason? Just in general, because that's all a part of collecting data points. You know, the the Thunder this season is all about finding out what they have and how they need to pivot or react or build this roster out. And so you know, you get to the postseason and what if it all just clicks? And what if it all just looks great? You get to the postseason, and what if uh, you know the style of play needs to be altered a little bit? But you're going to have that chance to get those answers. But I think the biggest question uh, is going to be rotations, of course, because you know it, it, typically you see an eight-man rotation, but you go through, and you've got the five starters who, who are going to play, and they're going to play uh, you know a, a significant enough load of minutes. You know the five starters, that being SGA, Josh Giddy. Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet. Like you're going to play those guys in the playoffs, for sure, without a doubt. Then, if you're only going to have an eight-man rotation, which is typical, you're left with three spots for for Kinrich, for Kaysen, for, uh, for uh, J-Will, for Isaiah Joe, for Wiggins, for Hayward, and then and then the break glass in case of emergency, uh, Biombo. So like the biggest question has to be rotation of 
you don't want to expand it too, too much because you don't want to break the status quo that far. But eight is a tough number to get down to for as good as this team is. So how do they balance that out? Because, you you know, I, I want to see Wiggins in the playoffs. I want to see Joe in the playoffs. I want to see Casey in the playoffs. But I also want to see Hayward in the playoffs. I also think that Jay Will and Biombo have a chance to make a difference in certain playoff matchups. So um, finding the, their their rhythm of a playoff rotation, because it's not going to be, I don't think, as short as other teams. Uh, and, I, and I don't think it'll be as rigid as other teams. That's where I think that the Thunder have a, have a advantage over some coaches and some uh, organizations is that I don't believe that that on April 14th, Mark is going to sit down, pick eight guys, and only play those eight guys. You see other coaches around the NBA. This is my playoff rotation. They're going to sink and swim with that rotation. I don't think that that'll happen. I don't think that he'll do that for series at a time. I think that there'll be, there'll be game-to-game rotations uh, and even possession-by-possession rotations um, for, for the Mark, even in the postseason, which is going to be a good thing to um, – exercise as much depth as you have. Like you have way too much depth to pigeonhole yourself into only these eight guys. Cause we just went through it. Like all those names are guys you want to see in the postseason. So the biggest question has to be what the rotation looks like whenever the calendar turns into the postseason. Uh, and then the most underrated part about this team, I think is actually their depth of like, uh, yes, it's Shea, it's Dub, it's Chet, but like they're really, really good uh, and versatile for the rest of their roster as well. But let me know, answer those three questions in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles for the thunder. Let's continue on with your mailbag questions. Now MK says, what would be the eight uh, or nine man rotation? Do you think that the thunder will start to do that in the middle of March uh, or uh, wait for the playoffs to start in April? And what would be our rotations down the stretch? We kind of went through this just now. So uh, uh, I, I think that the thunder will have at least nine play in the playoffs if not 10 play in the playoffs because of how good they are uh, and how deep this roster is. But um, I I think that you have to have the five starters and then you have to have Hayward. You have to have Joe, you have to have Wallace and you have to have Wiggins to me. Then from there, it's, you know, Kenneth Williams, small ball for that. If that's the best option in that series, it's Jay will, if that's the best option in that series. And then if he needs size, it's beyond both. So like the, the 10th you know, rotation spot, I think, uh, which is crazy to say about the postseason, but the 10th rotation spot I think is up to what the backup big needs to be for that specific game, that specific moment in time. Uh, but it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get this down. If the Thunder want to play with that eight or nine man rotation as teams typically do, it's tough to, to, to dwindle it down in the postseason. Uh, we'll get to more of your questions, including uh, Yoda asking, where do the Hayward minutes come from? And Retro saying what's realistic to expect in the postseason plus Dub in the fourth quarter has a chance uh, in a in a uh, a uh, solution for the All-Star Weekend. We'll get to all of that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at FanDuel. Check out FanDuel right now. Go there because FanDuel is great. And when you go to FanDuel.com right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets now with any $5 bet that wins. So if your bet wins, it's $5 or more. You get $150 in bonus bets. You can do this on parlays, on player props, on spreads, uh, and more. It's perfect because, folks, NBA's back. Had the all-star break, but the NBA is back, and you can go bet on the best game of the night, which is the Thunder and Clippers, only rivaled by Maverick Suns, uh, which is Thunder and Clippers, uh, and you can go bet on the Thunder. They're one-point 
uh, home favorites right now against the Clippers. So you can even bet them on the money line if you would like. Uh, also, the Mavericks are one and a half point home uh, favorites against the Suns. And then you can also creep up and see the Pacers 12 point favorites against the Pistons. Pistons have played some inspired basketball a little bit recently. So you can go check that out as well at fandle.com slash lockdown. Again, fandle.com slash lockdown. Make that $5 bet and you can get some bonus bets over there at fandle.com. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets when you make that $5 bet and win at fandle.com slash lockdown. Fandle.com slash lockdown. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let's get into your mailbag questions. Yoda says, where do the Hayward minutes come from? Or are they going to bench players like Usman and Wiggins, uh, Giddy slash Dort, or a combination of everyone's minutes? Uh, Usman Jang got sent down to the blue today. Uh, they play the Austin Spurs tomorrow. Um, you know, that's, that's a, he's been playing some, some spot minutes and, and some, you know, nine, 10 minute stretches that, that will, you know, of course be gone with him not on the team right now. Um, you know, Giddy minutes, you've now, you know, you've seen him play a career low in minutes, uh, and, and you've seen games where he plays only 20 minutes. Like, of course, in those games, that will naturally be a Hayward spot to fill. And then, yeah, Wiggins, you know, if the starting five is hitting on all cylinders, like Josh is playing exceptionally well, it comes down to uh, guys like Jang, Wiggins, um, Kenrich, Kenrich as well, uh, of like where those minutes will come from. I think that they'll be able to uh, fairly seamlessly get get Gordon Hayward some minutes in this in this uh, team, even if all those guys are playing ex- exceptionally well in the starting five. Uh, Retro says, what realistically do you think will happen in the postseason? And what can the Thunder expect? So realistically, I think that the Thunder can win a first-round series. What you should expect is competitiveness. So when I think of expectations, I think of like, if this doesn't happen, that is a bad, bad, bad thing. That is like a that, that, that is a disappointment. It is just, it is expected that you do this. And so if the Thunder lost in the first round, it wouldn't be a disaster. It wouldn't be um, a failure. It wouldn't be coming up short. The only thing I think can be coming up short, no, independent of seeding, independent of matchup, the only, even if you're the number one overall seed, which of course that changes a little bit, but like the only thing that can be considered an absolute, you know, just disappointment and, and just blah type of ending to it, to a really good season would be if you go out there and you get swept or you go out there and you lose in five games. As long as you take a series to six, seven games, I think that that's automatically a big win for the starting point of this, re, you know, starting point of this, like turning the corner of the rebuild. Uh, but I think that the Thunder realistically can win a playoff series. And when you win that playoff series, your first since Kevin Durant has been in town, when you win that playoff series, then it's the luck of the draw. Anything can happen. You can see uh, the further you get into the postseason, the more random and random things can happen. Uh, and just it's a star driven league. And you have one of the best stars on the NBA right now. You just simply do. So realistically, they can win a playoff series. 
you should expect them to compete extremely hard in the first round. And if you lose like the Kings did last year in the first round of the Warriors, where the, where the Kings were just right there at the end of every single game and they lost in seven, uh, it's going to sting. It's going to sting, sting, sting. But you know it's a good first step for this team. Uh, dub in the fourth. Here's how to fix the All-Star game. Four captains in each conference. Three players on each team. It's a tournament style similar to Rising Stars. Um, by the end of it, you have one East and one West, so you still get the East versus West matchup in the finals. Yeah, I, I think that the Rising Stars format in general uh, would would be better for um, for the All Star Game just to switch it up uh, in that way. So I like it. I, I, I would enjoy seeing that for sure. At the end of the day, though, just just try for a little bit. Like again, you don't even have to try for forty eight minutes. Just like at the end of the game, you know, act like you're playing defense. Uh, J and Dub Show, uh, do you prefer a parade or all-star weekend? No, this is a pretty much slam dunk. Uh, selfishly, if the Thunder went and won a championship, you guys would be listening to Lockdown Thunder out of the wazoo. So I would much rather uh, uh, the Thunder win a championship and have a parade. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, we try to get a Lockdown Thunder float out there at a parade. Uh, Rest says, does Biombo have a place on the team in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I think that he's a place on him depending on the matchup. Like if you play a smaller team, obviously that really that really takes away his minutes uh, and takes away his use. But you play a bigger team, you play a team like LA, you play a team like Denver, uh, you're going to need a guy like Biombo during some stretches of those games. And then Javier says, what are some improvements that you have to see from OKC? And yes, Missouri drivers are too aggressive. Uh, yes, Missouri drivers, way too aggressive. Like let's, let's calm down everyone uh, with Mizzou. Uh, but some changes that I think have to happen, or, or not changes, improvements that have to happen for the Thunder. Uh, I want to see them use Josh Giddy better because it's not fair to Josh Giddy to put him in a corner and just say, well, uh, you're either going to hit shots or not. Uh, I think that that's just, he's not going to be a corner sharp shooter. Like you're, you're just not, I don't care how open he is. Uh, I, I don't care how much he works with Chip England. He's not going to be a guy who's best served and best used sitting in a corner shooting threes. Uh, but but coming up like he did against uh, Sacramento, like he did um, uh, against uh, Sacramento and then Orlando, where he's used more as a screener, he's used more as a cutter, he's more engaged off the ball. Uh, those things will really help him improve offensively. That are things that he needs to be put into the action, into position to do. Uh, it's, again, it's just not fair. It's it's not fair to to a player to have him just sit there in the corner who's not going to be able to shoot the ball very well. Um, but whenever you use him as a screener with the thunder, like guard to guard screens and you use him as a cutter, uh, even using him sometimes in the dunker spot, just using him in different areas of the floor um, to, to, to help combat the way that the teams are guarding him. I want to see them really highlight that uh, in the second half of the year. Uh, it, it's, it's really been good the last two games, even the Sacramento game where the stat line is not there. Go back and watch the Sacramento game. The stat line wasn't there, but what was there was uh, a much um, better offensive flow and offensive, um, just like I test with Josh Giddy and with this team. So uh, I think that comes a lot from just like what you do with him on the court. So I want to see that come uh, come to flourishing for this Thunder team. Uh, I would like to see you know a long stretch of like what Gordon Hayward could look like. This is just going to be dependent on if he gets hurt or not. But like, there's a chance that Gordon Hayward. Uh, might be you know the the best option for the center team, especially whenever you're looking at you know projecting next year of of who you'd want to retain, who you'd want to sign, and everything. Like he can really play himself into 
being a, a, a key part to the rotation next year, not as a starter, not as like a 30 minute per game guy, but as a, as a nice, nice, nice bench score. And, and he mentioned how he's digging into the defense. If he really does understand this, this more complex switching defensive style, uh, then that even bodes well for next year also. So uh, Gordon Hayward, and Josh Giddy, two of the things that, that you're looking to see improve in OKC. I think that Josh Giddy's improvement, though, can come from just helping him out, of like not putting him in a spot to where it's just make or miss, uh, and you just react accordingly. That, that's not going to be the case, because as I've mentioned since August, like before this even hit a fever pitch, you know the difference for Josh Giddy is not in his three-point shooting. Because you you can go shoot, and, as he, and he did shoot for a stretch, uh, you know, 40% from three. It's not going to matter because you're only going to hit two or three threes, uh, you know, in that stretch, and they're they're going to give those points up to defend you how they want to defend you. So you have to help him out so he can help you out. And I think that that will happen down the stretch of this season for OKC. We'll talk more about that, of course, after tonight's game against the LA Clippers. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. And until tonight, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.